This podcast is Entel Enhanced. To see pictures, articles and links of what's being discussed, download the Entel app. Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. Hi, I'm Nicole. And I'm Ryan. And we are Two Float Sailing. You're listening to us on the Big Scuba Podcast with Gemma and Ian. Let's blow some bubbles. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Big Scoop Podcast. This is episode number 92. 92, we'll nearly be three figures. Yes, certainly are. And uh, so you you are listening to the Big Scuba. My name is Ian and with me is... My name is Gemma. So we are the co-hosts of the Big Scoop Podcast. Thanks for downloading this episode. Mm. Yeah, another interesting one. Yeah, it is. Uh, So if you're wondering what on earth is this episode about, what is it about, Gemma? Well, it's all about people that dive, they have a connection to the water, they might free dive, they might be a conservationist, they might be even an artist. And even sometimes we get in the water as well. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah, and we talk about it. Yeah, Um, so you are a, what's class as a? Baby. Well, I think somebody gave me that label. I think they did. It's kind of stuck, the baby (laughs) diver. So I have now done, as of today, 32 dives. Woohoo! Yes. Yep. So, but still new, open, advanced. Yeah, excellent. No, not, not advanced yet, just an open water diver. Yeah, right. yeah. We'll come to that. You've yes. got that booked in, haven't you? Yeah. Um, and I'm a dive master from a SINs, although I haven't used that this year. Next year. Next year, hopefully back to it. Um, but yeah, no, didn't haven't done any dive mastering no. this year. So, uh, But I have done in previous years, uh, dive master from a SINs and about 260 something. Dives, yeah. I think. So, yeah, you're still logging them, which is still great. logging them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I log them. Um, so yeah, we talk to people who are divers, free divers. Sometimes they're just exploring on the waters, mm. uh, and we like to look at the people who are doing stuff because diving takes you to all different parts of the world, all and different, different yeah, directions realms, as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and there's always an element of climate change involved with a lot of these people as well, which is really important. Yeah, and you thought you were just going to be diving. Hey, you know, you get dragged into, let's go out and start a podcast. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> let's talk to all these amazing people. Exactly, so yeah. uh, if you're wondering what this is all about, this is what it's all about, and uh, don't go anywhere, stay tuned, because... Yes. Uh, We've got a, a couple of great guests coming up. Yep, a couple that live on a boat. Yeah, so we've got Nicole and Ryan from mm. Tour Float. Tour Float, and they're based in French Polynesia at the moment. Yeah, so they've got a YouTube, they're on the YouTube, and um, they're called Tour Float. Yeah, they're basically they're content creators as well, and they bring their adventures and escapades yeah. on the water and under the water to they all do. their audience. Yeah, yeah. lively bunch. Uh, so we'll get to them in a minute, a bit more about that. Uh, so today we're recording on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Today is World Rivers Day. Yeah, happy World Rivers Day. Yeah, so it's a um, a day special designed and set up by the United Nations. Yeah, it stems from there and it's continued. And to marked. highlight the plight of rivers around the world that get polluted and dumped in and used, abused, don't they? So, uh, But how important they are to our existence as well. So yeah. we need to take care of them. Yeah. It doesn't matter how small an effort we make, but it matters they certainly do and uh you know rivers have been used for transport and feeding and farming you name it since 
time began. Yeah, they're the arteries of the land, basically. They certainly are. Um, No matter what part of the world in you're in and uh, let's face it big scuba's in what 100 countries plus 102 now, you know so um you know there's going to be rivers there chances mm. are so uh and uh they all get their fair share of use and abuse mm-hmm. and uh today is about celebrating them and having a little cleanup yeah marking the awareness of how important yeah so uh as part of that we was in norwich our local city uh, Norwich mm-hmm. City Centre, River Wensum, yes. and um, it's an event that we get invited to sort of two or three times during the year. It's not the first mm-hmm. time we've done this, and um, the Norwich Green Par- Party, and uh, organised by a great guy called Peter. Hello, yeah, Peter, and Peter his son. <laughs> uh, they organise these events. Yeah. And we get invited along. This is our third drivers. third time we've been invited, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. First time we've done this, it didn't really work out. We had to abort that one, didn't we? It, so. there was, it was, there'd been a storm running up mm. to the dive, and it was visibility was no good, wasn't it? It's like a cup of tea. Yeah. And then the second dive we were due to go on, uh, they had to move locations, and it just wasn't suitable. Mm. And if you want to listen to that podcast, that was early in the year, and we talked about the any, 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 any... Yeah. reasons to abort a dive at any time or not even getting in the water and we, no, no, and we, we chose that time because it wasn't suitable and then in June we got in again yes yeah, so it's a fourth time isn't it yeah. and uh, you know we cleared up a big part of the river poured out all sorts of trash yeah. rubbish and stuff like that and today was just the same so uh, same location same location and uh, we pulled out I don't know how there's a what big pile do? of rubbish. There's yeah, a big pile. Yeah. And uh, look on our social media, you'll see all the piles of stuff. Uh, some of it was uh, picked up from around the area because there's litter mm-hmm. pick- There's a team of litter pickers as well. Yes, yeah, so they went along the riverbank and picked up what they could find. And there were a couple of boats and they did a bit of picking yeah, from their boats. from the trees and the hedges around. And you and I were in the water picking up stuff. So we Off got, the riverbank, We've got yeah. a bike, uh, hubcaps. Uh, cones. Cones. Bottles, beer cans, drink cans, bags. litter, bags. There was a, uh, a satchel type thing, a, yeah. a rucksack with some stuff in. Yeah, and then there was a mobile phone you a found. A mobile phone, yep. uh, some old glasses. Um, frying pan. Frying pan, yeah. <laughs> if you lost your frying pan in Norwich, found it. <laughs> yeah. That's gone to recycling now. Yeah, sorry. there was a bit of, yeah, some... A plate. A plate of thoughts. Yeah, a plate of thoughts. That somebody had written written their thoughts Mm on, uh, which was interesting. And then just the usual, yeah, yeah, uh, a bouncing ball. And then just, you know, general rubbish. Yeah, and there's more. There is lots of sort of plastic and Mm. cans and bottles and beer bottles. Larger bits there that probably we can tackle next time. Oh, road cones. Mm. Yeah, there's some road cones. Uh, And yeah, there's some big stuff. Uh, yeah. which was just too heavy. No, it probably needs to come up, but yeah, that's a bigger exercise. Yeah, too heavy to shift. So, mm-hmm. uh, but we kind of marked them so we know where they are for another time with yeah. some rope and yeah. things. Um, you saw some fish? Yeah, saw some perch. There's some perch in there. Yeah, so there's li- it's good there's life and there was plenty of kind of fish action. Oh, I've got a big um, fisherman's keep net. Yes. That was yeah. in the middle of the river. Well, it could have been That must have fell down. off a boat, I'd mm. say, or washed down. But uh, So we managed to get that out. Yeah. So, uh, so I think we did pretty well. Yeah, got a lot of stuff, you know. Quite and, satisfying. Uh, if you look on our social media, there was um, a lot of stuff 
we've got out and uh, so Nor that basically gets handled by Norwich City Council mm -hmm. they clear that up and then that goes to their recycling plant where it gets going to be sorted and processed sorted and processed yeah so uh, what can be done with that will be done um so that was it really you know and that was we've got to say thank you to peter and the green party for inviting us along thanks to not uh the diocese of yeah. norwich cathedral um because they make it possible for us to go on the land um you know permitted to park, permitted and to park yeah. you know uh, without annoying anybody um we've got to say thank you very much to frostfire for mm -hmm. our changing kit yep we was there on the rift bank yeah keeping our modesty safe yeah i want to say thank you to happy bowls because yes. you know once you've been in the water um it's always nice to have a nice warm cup of coffee afterwards yeah and, and the bottles certainly keep the drink warm don't they and I, I will just mention that if you are looking to buy a flask over the summer uh, now we get into those autumn slow you know winter <laughs> time and you're thinking about a flask for work and things go to happybottles.com h-a-p-i bottles.com mm -hmm. Put in the big scuba uh, promotional code, save yourself. 20%. There we go. Yeah, so and it's great. Uh, and there's a range of colours. You can have like stealth black, but then there's some really bright colours. Yellow, pink, orange, green. Yeah, I like to think mine matches my fins. <laughs> yes, mine's <laughs> like, very pink. Stealth, stealth black <laughs> is good with me. Yeah, but equally, they keep... I've got a yellow one actually, but uh, Scuba Honey had that one. Yeah, they keep drinks hot, but they do keep drinks cold for 24 hours again. So for yeah. children, they're perfect because they're lovely and bright. And, they are, yeah, yeah she's got a school. Yeah. So. yeah, so thank you to Happy Bottles. Yes, absolutely. We want to also say uh, thank you to Shearwater, mm -hmm. who, uh, you know, we use their dive computers, they're great. Yeah. And, um, you know, you know great support of you with your diving yes yeah so i've used the shearwater peregrine so that's great I using the verdicts yeah so we've got pictures of those and yeah they were lovely and clear even you know visibility was a bit cloudy at times wasn't it yeah there's no current today at the, no. at the time we went in it was quite still and uh one star was just like well is it going that way or is it going this way? It yeah, wasn't the, moving at the all. The reeds were standing straight mm. up, bolt upright. Yeah, but there you go. It's a test of conditions. We haven't had it like that before. No, no. Usually, <laughs> usually it's nice if there's a bit of current. You go into the current. You know, you, anything you pick up, you're just getting engulfed in this plume of silt. You know, and uh, with a bit of current, that get washed behind you. Yeah. But now on this one, it's like a, it's like a volcano. Yeah, I found a bike, and I was trying to get this bike up. You know, you're just disappearing, yeah. and I was just like, yeah. you know, no visibility. But we managed to get that, did get yeah, that up, didn't we? So that, yeah, that got sorted. Uh, and we've got to say thank you to our great friends over at 03. Mm -hmm. Again, we wore our semi dries today with our short johns. I was sure to know about that because I thought, well, you know, we've been using them in the sea lakes and, the, and the sea, you yeah. know, and they've been good temperature and. You know, they've been absolutely brilliant. I've been absolutely warm as toast. Yeah, but maybe the river made you think a little bit. Today. I did, because I thought, well, you know, is it going to be flowing in? Is it going to be, mm. you know, uh, am I just going to get really cold really quick? But I have to say... We did our research and got, like, rough idea of the water temperature in the rivers. And yeah, yeah, I have it was to say, it's absolutely fine. You know, water temperature was 16 degrees. Mm. Surprising. And, um, you know, had our... Long John? No, no short, short John. <laughs> short John. Short John, the two mil so short. So that was the two mil, yeah. Yes. So we, we wore that, didn't we? And yeah. then we put our semi-dries over that. 
Yeah, so can I just say that if... And we don't get no commission for this, do no, we? No, There's no commission, you know. I'm just thinking about our fellow diver out there. If they're looking to buy a wetsuit, I've just got to say, have a look at these. Yes, definitely. And I never considered... You know, I've been diving for, what, five years, and I never considered getting a semi-dry. No, and if you've never, ever considered it, you obviously, we got offered the opportunity to try them. Yes. Yeah. We took it, but we're still a bit... And I, I, hand on heart, I'm converted where I shall be diving now in the summer months. Mm, in a semi-dry, definitely. Got to be sensible. In the summer months, uh, I would say in the UK, at least from about April mm. through to the end of October, yeah. in my semi-dry. Absolutely. The Unless I'm going to be going deep. Mm. You know, I think it's... If I was going deep, then I would be in my dry suit, obviously. But... Yeah. Something like the Farn Islands, where it's only like 10, 12 metres. I think everything like that is doable. Yeah, at Endac last week, I thought uh, 16 metres. It's really weird. Although I felt warm. You can I feel felt, the chill on your I hands. I can feel the chill outside, if that makes sense. Yeah. And what's really weird is that you are saturated with water, yeah? You're in a wetsuit, right? Yes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you just, like, get this little trickle go down your back. And it's like, oh. It's completely different to wearing a normal wetsuit, But it, it's like almost when you, when you wear a dry suit, yeah, and sometimes you'll be doing something and you'll move the head in the wrong direction or something, Especially when you're teaching, mm. you get a little trickle sometimes, go down your back. And it's like, oh, just, or, or around your wrist. Yes, say. yeah, around your wrist. And it's like, oh, I just felt a little bit of water go in there, you know. And you get the same s- sensation with the semi dry. And it's like, oh, hang on a minute, I'm wet already. So that shows you how much that's working to keep you warm. And it keeps you warm, yeah. If you can then feel a fresh bit of water go in. Mm. Yeah, and the other thing about it is because you've got that short john, that's a two mil, yeah. that's around your core and your know, top of your thighs, yeah. but you feel so warm in your body, and that yes. is so important as well. Because, well, with the two combined, you've got, what, eight, eight mils? mils? Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. Cool. yeah, but you don't feel bulky. You that, don't, and you that's the bit that. I love. Yeah. That's the bit I love, because you do feel a lot more uh, flexible, Um mm. You know, you don't feel as though you've got, oh, I've got the dry suit on, I've got my thermals on. And Even walking up. about on the shore, so, you you know, you're kitted up, you've got your semi-dry on, yeah. then you get your gear on, BCD, and you still feel, yeah. like, pretty fluid. Yeah, so O3, you know, they sell them through your local dive centre. Uh, our local dive centre, Crystal Seas mm-hmm. and Scuba in Norwich. Uh, if you are looking for a potential wetsuit, maybe, for next year now, you know... I've got to say, look at the O3 Definitely. semi-dry 65 and they won't do you wrong. They no, won't, you know, get, and get in contact with O3 now and get your orders in ready for next year. So. The ordering system's great. The um, You know, I had to have my tailored fit, you know, and that process was easy. Simple, yeah. Really easy. And quick yeah. as well. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, any queries, give them a phone call, give your dive centre a call and, uh, you know, brilliant. So, yeah, five out of five, I'd say. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I can't rate them highly enough. Yeah, honest. and we'll have a YouTube video out where we just talk about them a bit more in depth and yeah. have them on show. Yeah. And again, we need to mention the boots, the zipperless boots, because today that kind of struck me that your feet never feel cold. No. Even though they're wet. Yeah. But they don't feel cold. Super warm. No, yeah. that's right. And they match the suit. Uh, and it because I put, you know, you do the same. You put mm. your, your wet suit leg 
over the top over of the, the boot, top of the boot yeah. and it just seals all that in and especially with gloves hood you know you're toasty mm. you know yeah. you re- really are um so yeah look them up go to the o3 website yeah. and uh, look look them up thank you o3 you won't go wrong okay um so yeah that's kind of it so what I also got to say is don't forget to like, share and subscribe to these podcasts. And uh, don't forget to also, very importantly with a podcast, leave us a review because yes. that's the way people find us. Yeah, yeah. And interact with us. If you've got any comments about the show, talk to us. You can DM us on our social media. You can email us and we're, yeah. and you will get a comment back. Yeah. We've had a few patrons, you know, and... It always blows me away when we get a patron yeah, because you know, I just think, wow, that's amazing because somebody's actually, you know, listened to us and thought, hey, I'm going to support them guys. And, you know, that is a w- brilliant way you can support, make these things possible. Um, you know, so, but the free way is another free way you can do it is by like, share, subscribe and leave that all important review. It just helps the algorithms you know, so when people look for a big scuba, when they look for a scuba podcast, we come up. We come up. You know, if we've got no reviews, we don't come up. Yeah, it's yeah. as simple as that. So uh, we need those reviews. Very important. And for the people that have made comments and told us and encouraged us more, we just say thank you. Yeah, yeah. we it's certainly do. We can't do it without that support. Okay, um, so I think that's kind of it on today and world rivers day yeah um so to a float mm-hmm. okay ryan um, and nicole yeah we're gonna be getting on to that there's something i'm gonna there's something i'm just gonna say just say yes before we get into this you will see on to a floats youtube uh ryan talks about uh different i'm gonna call them stunts in yes. the water yeah and i'm gonna say you know uh, we have a discussion around some of these stunts and I want to be clear, I'm not in favour no, of you don't, these stunts. Um, I am in favour of being really safe in the water. Mm. You know, what if, we, if people listen to this, you know, what they choose to do in the it's, water... Yeah, it's their personal choice. It's your personal choice, you know. But from our own point of view and from my point of view and from your point of view, yeah, we're not gonna... I want to be clear that I certainly don't condone uh, tying your hands and feet together in, and in jumping in the water. No, no. And that comes in later on in the discussion. Mm. Um, and um, there is a situation in the podcast that you'll hear where, again, we yeah, uh, do um, state that we're not happy. Yeah. So if it, if it doesn't come clear enough, or I just want to make that clear from here, I certainly don't condone any stunts like no. that. I, I'm in favour. You always got to get home, you know. Yeah, safety I've said first, safety for, for yourself, safety for your body, and those and ex- that is even more. I think when you're in an extreme part of the world where you're a long way away from home, mm, yeah. you know, in the UK we're kind of cushioned a little bit because we've got this beautiful thing called the NHS, yeah. you know, and we've got emergency services. If we get into trouble off our coast, there's the RNLI, coast there's the Coast Guard, yeah, you got... know, we've got emergency services. All you've got to do is phone up 999, you know, and you know you've got some support problem, there. their support. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're in an extreme part of the world and you're miles from anywhere who can help, yeah, I don't believe, and it's just my own view, I don't believe put 
you know, tying your hands and feet together and jumping in the water is possibly the right thing to do. And when there's only two of you there and it's a very... And I've made that clear. They know my thoughts on that and I wanted to be clear about that as well. Yeah, but our listeners, you can make up your own, um, obviously, opinion. Let us know what you think. Yeah, let us know what you think. Yeah, Yeah, let us know what you think, you know. And uh, it's their channel and they're welcome to do whatever they wish to do with that. Yeah, but in terms of the Big Scuba podcast... Safety is our Safety is always one. first. Yeah. Remember the, what Christina Sonato always tells us? Any, 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 any. any. Yeah. You can abort anything for any reason. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's purely up to you and you don't even have to say why. Yeah. So uh, there we go. Right. I think that's kind of yeah. laboured that enough. So, uh, right. Let's sit back. Let's chat to these two. And let's have a really good conversation with Nicole and Ryan from... To a float, and this is episode 92. So, this is Big Scuba Podcast. Uh, welcome to Ryan and Nicole Levinson, and you're classed as two afloat adventurers. And you're currently based in French Polynesia in Marea on a boat. So, <laughs> so we obviously start um, asking all our guests, how did you get into your scuba journey? Because um, we understand you're an instructor, Ryan and Nicole, you're an advanced diver. Right. Yeah, I started diving first, so I guess I'll start first of the timeline. Matches. Yeah. For, for me, I was at college at San Diego State University, and I was failing in every class, like literally, like all Fs and a D or something like that. And, and kind of like didn't know what I wanted to do. And, you know, it's just a sort of just this like worthless surf bum guy. And then one of my friends uh, said, hey, you know, there's like you can take scuba diving for college credit. And I was like, what? No way. That sounds unreal. It's like what a what a great way to get my parents to pay for me to take scuba lessons. You know, so I signed up for the class and it, it turned out it was super rigorous. The instructor was kind of old school. Uh, one of them like was an old UDT diver from like the Vietnam era, you know, and there was lots of push-ups and breath holds and all this kind of stuff. Um, it was now so they could kind of stretch the standards and uh, I loved it. You know, I just thrived and it was my first A I'd ever, I'd ever got really in school since like high school and through university. And that led to wanting to continue on all the way up to instructor in the university program and research diver. And, and uh, you know, so that was the beginning of my scuba journey. And that was in like 92, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in 95, I also took a class at the university, but it was um, a very mellow class. They outsourced. <laughs> yeah, it was not like what you, Brian, took. They, they and I did not take it to that level. Um, I was a recreational diver. <laughs> and that's where I started. And um, we dived a bit in, throughout California and Mexico, but um, I really started diving a lot once we got out here to French mm. Polynesia yeah. and all, all over the place here. Hey, Jen. Hello. The Big Scoob podcast, did you know, is going to be going away next year. Have we got a holiday? We have got a holiday and we are going on a Blue O2 liverboard. <gasps> really? Where are we going? We are going to the, well, we're going to the Red Sea, Northern Wrecks and Reefs. Wow. How about that? What date are we going? Uh, we are going on the 14th to the 21st of October of October 2022 wow cabins are going really fast mm. so you need to get booked up don't wait don't hang about get if you want to come and join us it's gonna be fun yeah you and know. it's exclusive to and there's nibbles <laughs> 
soft drinks. <laughs> yes. No, well, there's, there's alcohol as well. But there's diving. I know. It's just like... Oh, yeah. That's what we're going to be doing. No. So if you want to come and join us, it's going to be fun. It's not going to be uh, boring. Let's get out there. Let's book. Let's have some fun. I've been out there. You know, you're going to be doing the, the some of the top wrecks in the Red Sea. You know, you're going to be seeing the Dun Raven, uh, Giannis D. Thistlegorm. Thistlegorm, Carnetic, you know, some of the best. Also, you're going to be going to Ras Mohammed uh, Nature Reserve and dive in the Yolandon Shark Reef, uh, Dolphin Hotel. You've sold you know, it to me. It, it's awesome. And I can assure you some of the colours uh, that you'll see, some of the fish you'll see are absolutely amazing. What more can I tell you? Get it booked. Yes, you've got to get it booked. So how do we get these right. people booked in? Okay, so if you're interested, it's going to take a small deposit of £150, mm-hmm. all right? Uh, but you need to call this number right now. Do it now. Plus 44 17 Let me give you that number again. Yes. Plus 44 17 52 480 That's right. Yep. Or you can email them. Mm-hmm. Some people got email, Jen. Yes. Yep. So, what's the email address? For? Okay. Dive in holidays at blueo2.com. That's correct. This holiday is not available on Blue O2's it's website. Not, it's no. exclusive to book through us for that week. Yep. For and if you phone Blue O2 or email them, quote Big Scuba. Or you can just email us and we'll pass your details on. And we're not on any other week. We're only on that week where it's going to be, you know, fun and games. We're going to be doing some episodes, uh, recording, social media, because you do get signal out there. You yes. know, it's fine. But we'll be doing some recordings on there. We'll be doing all sorts of things. Yeah. And we're going to be doing a clean up. Yes, we're going to connect to Reef World or Greenfins and yeah. do something, um, yeah, for all the environment, a bit like we've done today. With... Certainly will. Yeah. So... Get involved. Don't hang about. We're going to, it's going to be fun. You know, I'm sure there will be fun and games, chat, all those sorts of things. And we'll be sharing all about it when we get near the time. We're going to be boring you silly talking about, <laughs> about the Blue O2 Northern Rex and Reese itinerary. Don't hang about. Get it booked. Go to the website. Make contact with them and or phone them up. Yep. And this is open to anybody around the world blue o2 deal with yeah sort of international clients yeah and they're covid friendly everything's all been Mm -hmm. signed off you know so you haven't got to worry about that sort of thing you know so you're you're sorted yep so again contact blue o2 or email us and we'll let me give you that number again (laughs) so if you're not sure who to call call this number do it now plus 44 one seven five two four eight zero eight zero eight. I'm gonna do it now. Yeah, and get Fa- your cabin up. Get your cabin reserved. Yeah, get that cabin reserved. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah. dive wise, how many dives have you got now then? So you must have really built up some numbers. Yeah, you know, I've I don't I lost there was a big period of time where I wasn't logging them, to be honest yeah. with you. And there was a that went by where I was free diving uh, way more than scuba, especially in California. Yeah. Uh you know, it, it, it was just a lot of free diving. So I, I wouldn't even know where to make it. Get. Um, and I didn't log all of my instruction. <laughs> I didn't know whether they when were. When did you last teach? 
Uh, you know, it's been a while. Uh, I've taught informally, obviously, out here. But the last uh, actual, I guess, teaching was probably in the late 90s, mid to, mid to late 90s. But I did okay. some dive mastering um, on some research trips I was on in, in uh, Egypt. Yeah. Um, that was that was more recent. And uh, well, still like 20 years ago. It's still a while ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, for me, like the, the dive leadership side of things um, was sort of early on in my in my diving career, so to speak. Um, the, the research stuff kind of got in from there. And then after that, it's been mostly recreational and then like work dives, you know, which mm-hmm. like, uh, repairs on the boat or, or they used to work was an aquatic center. And I would, I was the guy who would fix the stuff on the docks, you know, and that kind of stuff. So nothing like, you know, I don't want to claim to be some like huge number course director guy, you know what I mean? I, yeah. You know, I did the training, I crossed over, I was now and Patty and I, I did basically all the, I have all the cards, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. but mostly it's been recreational. Yeah. Boat life is obviously uh, treating you both well because you you look much younger than you sound. So <laughs> what, um, we must be about the same sort of age. I don't know if that's a compliment on how we look or an insult on our on our voice, you know. No, compliment on your look. Next year, yeah. These right? these are a new addition. <laughs> <These are laughs> my glasses, I, I just finally lost my nearsight vision a couple of years ago no i'm 49 well yeah I'm 46 yeah, yeah. Oh, cool yeah. how old are you guys yeah oh yeah. i'm 47 okay <laughs> testimonial for crossfit right there <laughs> absolutely and ian's a year older uh no no I, i'm I, I just i just stick at 26 now that's it there is no. I've been twenty nine for a long time. Yeah, I, yeah, I I've agree. Twenty six for a long while, and I just stay <laughs> there. So you live on the boat full time. What's your boat's name? We got what's what's the name? Kiapa Nui. Kiapa Nui. K I A P A N U I. Kiapa is Hawaiian for a swift sailing canoe, like a canoe that an ancient Polynesian canoe that was really fast is a kiapa, mm-hmm. and Nui means depending on the context it could be new or it could be like grand grand you know yeah. like like better you know so, so this is the second kiapa so, so for kiapa our, uh podcast listeners talk us through your boat what you know what does your boat look like what is it what sort of boat is it yeah that you're on sure nicole uh, okay. we're on a catamaran All right. a 48 foot catamaran and um carry on from there <laughs> yeah she's unique she's uh she's amateur build by a professional boat builder who did it himself in france so she's um she's a performance catamaran she's designed to be really light and Mm -hmm. and simple so there's no doors on the cabins for example um except the bathroom (laughs) you know there's there's no like you know washing machine or or dishwasher dishwasher any that's you know there's no big screen tv she's she's designed she's a she's a boat made to sail and to sail in remote areas to cross oceans and she's designed to go fast and also to go in very, very light wind so mm. that we can sail way more than we motor. Yeah. Although lately we've been motoring more. Um, she's wooden core with like a thin layer of fiberglass on either side of the wood. Mm. So she's uh, got a little old school and new school. Yeah. And um, you know, she's, uh, she's, she's perfect for us because she's got a lot of big empty open spaces that we've managed to fill with, with water toys. Yeah. So, <laughs> what made you make the decision to go from living on land to jumping on a sailboat? Oh, it wasn't it wasn't a hard decision. I guess I'll start since I was the one who kind of drove that bus. You also. did drive that bus. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was, I was already, I'd been sailing my whole life. I was a sailing instructor for a long time at, um, at the same university where I was used to fail. By the way, for the record, I graduated with honors ultimately. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. A little flexing there. But, um, the, you know, I, I remember after sailing, especially on these keel boats, which are sort of the, you know, the bigger boats that have like a, a cabin and, and the, you know, I take a class out and we'd come back and afterwards everybody would leave and put the boat away. And I would sometimes just sit in the cabin and just dream about what it would be like to sail, you know, to the islands that were like 20 miles away from San Diego vision. Like, what would it be like to cross this ocean? Like what I'd look out at the horizon and just what's out there, you know, like, is, is, are the waves the same is different? What does it feel like when you, you can't go back to land if you wanted to for weeks, you know, I've, and it's, you know, plus it's a connection obviously to kind of the way people crossed oceans all throughout, the, mm -hmm. you know, since they've been crossing oceans. Uh, it's, it's just such a different perspective than sitting in an airplane and a few hours later, you're, you're there. So I've always been called to that. And then ultimately we had an opportunity, we sort of inherited sort of a, a little small boat that's kind of like good enough to sail around a lake. And we fixed it up and sold it and got a little bit bigger boat, fixed it up, sold it, got a little bit bigger boat, you know, and then ultimately we got our previous boat, Naoma, which was um, I don't know in meters. Um, she was 38 feet. So what is I that? Like 12 meters. meters? Yeah, yeah. Roughly 12 meter monohull built in the eighties. And, um, and that boat had the potential to cross an ocean. So I spent, we spent two her up and, and, um, you know, making her capable for handling the kind of rigors that, that you might experience. And we thought, okay, well maybe we'll sail her down into Mexico, you know, right next to San Diego or maybe we'll go to Hawaii where there's, you know, plenty of shipping traffic. And then ultimately we had a friend who was out here in, in French Polynesia and we're like, well, look, if, if she can sail here, we could probably sail there. Like maybe we'll go to French Polynesia, you know, and we'll be gone for maximum year and a half. Yeah, We'll go for a years. year, year and a half. We can afford that, you know, and mind you, this was seven years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, when we crossed, we crossed on that little 38 foot boat. It was uh, Nicole, myself and a good friend of ours. Aline. And um, after four years with that boat, uh, that boat rocks and rolls, you know, it's a mm -hmm. and it became for me too difficult to maintain balance. And plus, it's really hard to move around and you're kind of way more cramped and you can't we couldn't carry tanks or compressor or anything on that boat. So it was all free diving. Yeah. Uh, and so ultimately, we, we took out a loan and. And um, we already knew this boat. They passed us on our way from Mexico to French Polynesia, actually, at like more than twice our speed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so so uh, it was an easy sell when this boat was for sale. Yeah. So you knew this boat was up, you know, way before you bought it then. You knew about this boat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've... We became friends with the previous owners and we got to know them when we all landed in the Marquesas. That was the beginning. Yeah. And then we would see them all the time throughout the islands and the two Motus and we would hang out and, <clears throat> and kite and, and it just kind of, yeah, Ryan had always, when he first saw this boat, he said, I love that boat. <laughs> I love that boat. <laughs> Probably it's kind of like in scuba. Some people like to buy the latest gucci gear because it's you know got all the bells and whistles and can you know go on the internet while you're diving or whatever you know like they have all these yeah they like they like toys you know and, and other people are kind of old school and they just want you know give me an old two hose aqualung and i'm good to go you know and, and then there's the whole range in between and and this boat 
it really appealed to me because it it's she's she's sexy and she's fast and she's fun but she's utilitarian you know she's a utilitarian boat if that's the right mm-hmm. word like she's yeah. meant to sail she's meant to take you places this is a boat that that's more for adventure than vacation but yeah. she's very comfortable but she, yeah yeah but yeah wow. she's comfortable and and works well and that's kind of sort of how we approach our scuba too so the, the boat was it was an easy sell so tell us about your scuba diving. You know, what's that? I've never been out there. Um, and mm. probably a lot of our listeners may not have been out where you are. What is the diving like where you are? You know, um, good, the bad, you know, it looks lovely. You know, the, <laughs> behind you, we're looking at mountains. We're looking at crystal clear tropical waters. Um, it looks very idyllic. Looks lovely. It looks, you know, it looks, look, it looks like paradise. It looks like something out the, you know, the bounty adverts that we used to have here in the UK. <laughs> so, uh, That's ironic. Know, tell us about the diving. You know, what what do you see? You know, what's it like? Is it very deep? You know, it's it's funny you mentioned that the bounty was filmed here actually. On Morea. On Morea, yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Um, yeah, one of the bounties. The you know the diving here is is super varied. French Polynesia is a huge span of area. It's it's big as all of Europe. Um, there's many hundreds of islands and, yeah. and they're organized into sort of three main archip- um, the depending on where you are, and which which range of islands, the diving is totally different. Mm-hmm. So if, starting from north to south, if you're up in the Marquesas Islands, which are some of the most geographically remote islands in the world, um, there's there's like one hotel or two hotels and they still have giant tiki's all over the place. They still speak their native Marquesian language, which is similar to Hawaiian. It's actually where the Hawaiians originally came from they came from the marquesas and they sailed to hawaii undisputed archaeology there so anyways when you're diving there the islands are are relatively new the volcanoes you know they're they're all dormant now but it's just like these really jaggedy cliffs straight into the water and and the underwater uh environment is very similar it's it's like Mm kind of a lot of um rocks and and really interesting textures and it's still tropical but you don't have a lot of like the pretty coral you know, and the right. and that and you get a lot of bigger fish out there. There's not a lot of fishing, so you have big a, fish. What are we talking? Because it's darker water, and it's yeah. it's definitely spooky. Yeah, it's um, it's, it reminds me a lot of the diving in California, but without kelp and with yeah. tropical species that are much, much, much bigger. They're healthy. You know, there's not there's no overfishing or pollution or anything like that. Yeah. So that's the Marquesas. So what sort of depths do you sort of go to around? Oh, the Marquesas is mostly we free dive in the market. In fact, we've only free dived in the Marquesas. We didn't have, we so, weren't there with the you know, yet. I would say 20 meters or shallower. Yeah. Primarily. Um, there's, there's kind of no reason you can go as deep as you want there. I mean, it goes down to infinite, you know, but yeah. Um, but what would you normally see on a dive? What would you expect to see? You know, we're, we're talking sharks. For sure. hundred percent. Every dive, every dive, you'll see a shark. Uh, octopi, um, the usual butterfly fish, tangs, trigger fish, that's in of the thing. Marquesas, in the Marquesas, too, yeah, depending, on, depending on where you dive. Yeah, lots of um, nudibranch, uh, lots of, of mollusks, lots mm-hmm. of uh, um, you know, kind of the, the weird ones you don't know the names of, you know, that are sort of like <laughs> just tropical goodness. And you come yeah, out of yeah. the water and yeah, review the footage, and a lot of dolphins. Oh, oh yeah, hundreds the of dolphins. Yeah. Wow. Lots of rays too, manta rays. Manta rays, huge manta rays. We free dived once, Frito free dive in the right in the midst of a big dolphin orgy, actually, <laughs> which was it literally. It was in probably 
200, 300 feet, like a hundred, hundred meters of water, something like that. And, and, uh, and very clear, crystal clear. And they would turn on their side and they would, you could see them looking up at you. Yeah. They were like coupled together. It was really cool. <laughs> we just sat there floating on the surface. Like, wow, this is amazing <laughs> for like an hour. Yeah, it was, it was unreal. So there's, there's lots of that kind of stuff. That's the Marquesas um, to, to answer your question down in the Tuamotus, which are the next sort of our Southwest and the oldest. It's the oldest, mm -hmm. uh, you know, those are atolls. So those are islands where over time the island eroded away mm -hmm. uh, just from rain and stuff like that. And ultimately left, um, there was like a fringe reef of coral, you know, and then eventually the island was totally gone and all that's left is the fringe reef of coral and little patches of land that sort of built up on the, on those coral reefs. Yeah. And, and the Tuamotus are, are, I guess, wild is the best way I would explain it. I mean, it's a different kind of wild from the Marquesas. Yeah. It's a good point. This mm -hmm. is where you have the pretty coral, like with a, with like a saturation that you've never, couldn't even large, imagine. Large it's, lagoons with that turquoise water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I've worked, I dived, I taught in, um, and dive mastered in Hawaii and in the Red Sea and, and um, nothing even close to, to what we see out there because just people just, there's no divers. There's no fishermen. Like in some of these areas where we go, there's literally some of those fish have probably never even come across a human. And, and some of them where they're not even scared of you. They just, they kind of come up. I have a shot of a, a friend of ours that was diving and this fish just kind of came up almost right up to his face and just kind of like sat there yeah. and just kind of stared at him looked at him this way this way and then kind of just went around and went on its way and the guy was like whoa yeah. <laughs> there's not many places left is there like where you can say that where humans have not don't go very often or you know where mm -hmm. you can say uh, wildlife is untouched by human interaction how many places yeah. are there left in the world like that I don't know. And, and I hope that not a lot of other people know either. So they stay that way, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, special, no. isn't it? <laughs> no, the Tuamotus, you can't, it, it's the remoteness of it is a natural protector. Yeah. You know, there's a few islands, there's a few of the atolls that have dive centers and, and incredible diving. And they do a really good job of, of um, diving in responsible ways. Mm -hmm. Fakarava is the most famous, the South Pass of Fakarava. It's a UNESCO uh, biosphere reserve, if I'm yeah. saying that right. Uh, National Geographic was doing shooting a documentary there our first year that we visited. Uh, it's known for the sharks. I mean, every dive you'll see hundreds to thousands of sharks swimming in the current. Uh, the Tuamotus, to to finish the description, this might interest you. Uh, you guys are talking a lot about depth. The some of the deepest coral um, ever recorded was in sort of the Tuamotus, like the very very I think it was the very southern end. I'm not exactly sure. Where's it the Gambia? Well, that's sort Gambier? of the southern Tuamotus, right? Okay, in, in the region, let's say. And that was done by uh, Under the Pole. And uh, the, uh, you know, the, these coral reefs, they go down to, again, almost like infinite depths. And you can sort of pick the level that you want to dive at. And mm -hmm. as they get uh, into the 10 to 20 meter range, they sort of change from a wall more into horizontal. So a lot of times the dive profile is you'll dive down the wall to whatever depth you want to go to see whatever life is down there. Uh, the deeper and further out you go, the more you see the, the yeah. big pelagics. That's where the tiger sharks and the, uh, you know, the big tuna and stuff like that. And then as you come up the wall and over the top, that's where you start seeing the white tips and the gray reefs and the black tips and the, the schools of fish. I think they're, they're not afraid of you because there's just so many of them. Like there's, 
there it's not like the the scaredy ones survived and the other ones all got eaten or, or killed you know there's yeah. just the scaredy ones go away but all the other curious ones sounds still like there. an amazing place to go diving mm. Mm. yeah but that's the, that's the outside reef the that's one the the other thing that's unique in the tuamotus is all the atolls have not have a, a reef pass like an opening in the reef that leads to the inside of the lagoon mm-hmm. and as the tide changes the current is either flowing in or flowing out through those reef passes um and sometimes really strong like in the 10 to 15 knot range plus oh. so there's no tide charts or anything like that you have to do it through observation and you know it changes depending on the size of the swell and the wind and all this other stuff but you'll go and you'll so you'll do these like uh, a typical dive profile might be dive the wall then come over to the horizontal section for the middle and yeah. then finish by by riding the current into the pass as it's as it's flooding in wow. and uh you know so you have it a drift dive, a wall dive and- because you've oh, got yeah. your back you know we're used to you know uh diving mean, maybe like with a liverboard where you do a rift dive and then the boat will follow you and pick you up how do you get on with something like that if the if you suddenly got hit by a current and because i'm presuming you're both diving at the same time right yeah um some people there, there's deaths out here for sure if you time it wrong the water um, as it goes out the pass it can kind of go over the edge that we just talked about and mm-hmm. create like this really strong down current and it, there's been yeah. some deaths from that there's also when you have that kind of current there's always uh you know, possibility, even, even a probability if you're not careful of entanglement mm-hmm. or impact with coral in a way that injures you or knocks you out. Yeah. Um, you know, you can have uh, overpressure injuries with sudden depth changes as the current goes over different um, bottom features. So it's, it's, it's a challenge and the way you deal with it, <laughs> sometimes uh, you'll sort of have a buddy around another, another boat and you'll take turns, follow yeah. the bubbles sort of, mm-hmm. um, Otherwise, uh, sometimes we'll actually dive with the with our little dinghy on a long tether, uh, like a you know a, a hundred meter. Sometimes, well, I'm not sure. I, I always screw up my metric conversions. Hundred foot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a ten meter, ten. No, thirty meter, thirty to forty meter tether, something like that. Um, and that's challenging. That's challenging because that bad. can snag and because you have swell and you have current and you're going fast and then the dinghy's go oh. And if the wind's against the current, the surface is violent, mm-hmm. um, like like standing waves that could capsize a boat uh, mm-hmm. easily, actually. So you have to, one, we maintain, like we, we train way more than your average recreational diver would, mm-hmm. because in case we end up in conditions that we've mistimed or, or something happened and we had to surface in an area where we planned originally to go underneath, like the, mm-hmm. the surface currents, um, you know, we were sometimes, well, we're going to be carrying now a PLB with us, um, like a locator, satellite locator beacon. Yeah. Um, because that will let us dive and avoided so far simply because of yeah. the, the risk. Cause the remoteness, uh, mostly, the remoteness yeah. of where you are, if it was a, an issue, you're a long way away from help, aren't you? You nailed it hundred yeah. percent. Um, yeah. Uh, it, and it's not just for the diving. I mean, even if you get like, you know, obviously the obvious things that people think about is overpressure injuries or, yeah. uh, you know, maybe like some kind of trauma from, you know, tw- hurting your back, lifting a tank or something like that, mm-hmm. or, or, or being sucked out to sea and not getting located. But it's even small stuff like little reef cuts become infected out here very easily. And there's no place to get the infection treated. Like Nicole had a little infection on her butt once 
that I actually had to create a sterile field and take out a scalpel and numb it and, and do surgery. Um, yeah, it was awesome. We have it on video. <laughs> it's, it's one of our videos. Um, uh, I'm proud of that one. There's almost no scar. Uh, but it hurt like hell. Yeah. I was going to say uh, my finger was knuckle deep in her butt, but that would be misinterpreted. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. You're, you're trained. You have got ambulance tra- ambulance service training, haven't you? Did I read on yeah, your profile? I spent, I spent yeah, Ryan, 10 years. Yeah, Ryan was 10 years on the ambulance. But Nicole's also an emergency. You're an emergency medical technician. and But I wasn't on an ambulance. I was a lifeguard. And so it was very different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, at least you've got but that backing as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. We are, we are, you know, when, when you talk about your buddy is, is your backup in your safe, like my only backup in safety out here, you know, so it's yeah. important to keep her happy yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and train. Yeah. yeah. So obviously the diving, you need to sort of be like super, super careful about planning it and planning your dive. And if conditions are not right, you just don't go. Right. hundred percent, not right. just diving all the sports, but yeah, you, you know, it depends where you go, right? Like some of the two Motu atolls to get to and have safer anchorages and easier diving. And those tend to have anywhere from two to 30 other boats will be in the region. And some of them have dive centers and you can go to, you know, those places, but we tend to go to the ones that you won't see another boat for weeks or months, you know, and, and they're uninhabited. Some of them, many of them, or at most there might be a couple little huts where people locals would go to fish for a month or so. And then before returning, you know, or, or to, to, um, harvest coconuts really more than anything else. So how often do you Uh, get to dive? Do you get into the water every day? Into the water? Oh yeah, for sure. Every day. We're in the water every day. And it just depends on what the weather brings us with, with regards to what we choose to do, whether it's kiting or surfing or free diving or sailing. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of choices scuba we we kind of do blocks of scuba so like in the society islands where we are now it's kind of a mix between the marquesas and the tuamotus so the society islands are tahiti morea bora bora you know mm-hmm. lots of hotels dive centers uh there's a, a barrier reef but there's also the mountains and, and you know nice land stuff as well and the barrier reef is where the diving is and it's it's kind of it's you know the coral's not as vibrant the fish are way more impacted but it's still great diving and uh, so when we're here, we, we tend to do it totally based on conditions. When we're in the two Motus, that's like for us when we're really focused on diving and we might go through periods where we're diving, you know, every day or a couple times a day or, you know, maybe a scuba dive and then a dive, something like that. Um, but it's kind of what's what's unique here, I think, especially in the two Motus is you're kind of I don't want to say like you're always kind of diving, but like that a lot of times if you want to like experience the wildlife, you'll just, you know, sit on the edge of the boat and, and hang out and just look down. You know, and there's Drink your morning coffee. Like this morning, I had a couple of little black tip sharks, uh, a couple of tropical fish cruising around just below me. And then I looked up and the whales are here. And so oh, yeah. just outside mm-hmm. the reef, maybe like 200 meters from the reef, um, the whales were jumping and the only reason I knew they were jumping is because I heard the splashing <laughs> and I looked up and was like, okay, the whales are now here. I mean, they've <laughs> been here, but they're here this morning. So it was pretty, it's, it's a, a pretty unique, um, place and situation and amazing. Nicole shot a great video. We were diving with whales a couple of years ago and one of them breached 
so close that the splash and the wave from the impact like washed over her. <laughs> that must be amazing. Yeah, he came up so fast. Well, I can't swim that way that fast, so I'm just going to sit here with my <laughs> GoPro. And- <laughs> oh, it must be incredible seeing all that wildlife, yeah, around you. Yes, marine life. Do you have a lot of whales up there in England? Um, um, no. Well, they go around the like the north coast, and uh, um, they sort of like keep into the colder climates a lot. Yeah, I guess they pass us, don't they? As they're going heading yeah. north to the colder waters, occasionally you'll get they'll they'll go off course, and you might get um, you know some strandings have happened on rivers, yeah. and mm. yeah, which is you know obviously pretty sad. Um, but yeah, they tend to go up the west coast of the UK. Yeah, because obviously that's deeper water. But when they hit the channel here, then yeah, it's a little bit um, more treacherous. <laughs> yeah. So you you guys are, are I'm assuming mostly driving thick wetsuits and dry suits and and the, the sort of like like kind of the diving that we started off with. Um, summertime. We try and um, dive if, if we can in wetsuits, and because the water temperature is about like twenty degrees, eighteen degrees, yeah, um, that can get to um, Fahrenheit. What is that? It's got to be seventy something. Yeah, um, yeah, that's not bad. It's not, not bad. bad at all. No, it's doable. You know, if you're, if you're only in shallow waters, it's quite doable. Mm. Um, but then winter time yeah you're definitely in dry suits um any depth even summertime you'd be in a dry suit and uh, a lot of people still opt to dive in a dry suit even in the summer because yeah. you know that's what they get used to for most of the time so yeah. um so yeah, but you have you done do have you have you guys i'm assuming Gemma, you're Gemma's pretty new to diving right like have, yeah. have you done yeah. has she done have you done any tropical diving yet no, because um, I started to my course pre-lockdown, then lockdown happened in the UK. So then it got kind of halted. So it was a bit disjointed getting qualified. And then we had another lockdown. So it's only now that we've got the freedom to, you know, go diving. We've done, we've been to Scotland, St. Abbs. We did the Farne Islands this year, just at the end of wow. July. And then we've done a bit of well, one coast dive so far yeah. off our local coast. Um, and then it's inland waters that we get or rivers. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So hopefully maybe next year we'll get somewhere a bit more warmer. Yeah. We're hoping to get um, dive probably on the uh, west coast later on this year. Mm. So um, if all, all goes to plan uh, and we should be diving in the river on next, in a couple of weeks time yeah yeah doing a river clean so we've done that once before so we literally awesome. it's only a couple of meters deep isn't it and but we're literally going along the riverbed just picking up rubbish basically and yeah there's a lot oh, of but, rubbish. i'm like is it like in florida where there's the aquifer and the crystal clear water and the caverns and all that sort of stuff no <laughs> no well and, okay. yes and no <laughs> Yes and no. It, if you know, there is places in the UK, uh, like on the south coast, visibility is pretty good. Um, they get different currents to what we get on the east coast. So, for us on the east coast, we we get a short window from about June till probably end of October. Mm. Um, sometimes less, as you know, end of September when you can actually dive and have good visibility if the weather's right, if the currents. Yeah, and the visibility. North, then they get a lot more 
um, fresh water coming down from the north and the visibility is a lot better up there than it is here. Yeah. So it kind of depends, really. Yeah, but we've got plenty of um, inland water, so quarries that are full of water. So they're, they're our go-to places if we can't get on the coast or yeah. anywhere else. So, yeah, so. Quarries? Quarries, Those are full yeah. on. They're dangerous, huh? Like like a lot of people drown in quarries, at least um, where I grew up. Uh, yeah, well, if people go like just jumping in quarries with no gear on, then obviously yeah. there's a lot of cold water shock and that does happen a lot through the summer here. Mm. But no, they're, they're proper dive centres. So they're, um, oh, okay, okay. yeah, they've got like um, aeroplanes that have been dumped in there and boats. So <laughs> yeah, there's lots of... Um, things to see attractions underwater yeah yeah (laughs) how funny is it like we're sitting here in french polynesia thinking like ah so cool diving in england except for the cold you guys are like oh polynesia unreal (laughs) amazing like i love how diving i don't know i just trip out on that how it brings people together like this we are lucky in different respect you know we don't get that you know the, the tropical climates like you get um but because we are an island you know and quite a big island we, we get hit by different currents from all directions that which provide and different uh, you know like on our Welsh on our west coast we get a lot of storms blow in from the Atlantic and the current come in from that way so um, that'll be completely different weather system and current to what we get on our east coast which oh, wow. straight down from the north uh, from Scandinavia um, and then on our south coast, we get currents come right up from like Africa and that. Yeah. So wow. They'll dive all year round on our south coast and have lovely visibility, warmer waters than what we'll have on our east coast, which will be blown out. We'll have no visibility and freezing cold water. <laughs> so it's a mixed wow. bag. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Wow. I was going to ask you about your YouTube channel because, you know, you, you guys are really busy on YouTube. Um, a few weeks ago, we had um, a TikToker on and now we've got a YouTuber. You're YouTubers, I should say. So tell us about your YouTube. Why did you start it? And, you know, how's that going? How- yeah, you know, there's there's actually like there's, I guess, the long story short, we're in the Marquesas Islands. And these Nicole came back and she's like, oh, there's this really good looking couple on this other boat, you know, like over there. That's kind of like our age. They look young and fun. And a lot of cruisers tend to be much older and sort of they sit around all day. And so we were like, oh, OK, let's go meet them. Let's say hi. You know, and it turns out it was this Aussie couple, um, Riley and Elena, and they had a boat called Vagabond. Ah. <laughs> I watched them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. and we became um pretty good friends with them. We spent a month or so with them and buddy boated where we sort of stayed next to each other and we went to the two motus together and did some diving and cool. and kind of just hit it off. And and throughout it, Riley was talking about how yeah, they do this thing on you know YouTube where they put up videos and it's kind of fun and they make a little money. And we're like, oh, okay, cool, you know, like that sounds neat. <laughs> you know, and then, <laughs> sailing channel and i'm like what's that and i'm like giving him advice i'm like you know you should you could really do something with that that's a great idea and he's like oh thanks you know being really humble so for those of you who don't know it's like the most popular sailing channel and they have like millions of subscribers and all this so finally when we got to a place that had internet nicole's like hey you should look up that their their thing and we're like okay and i looked it up and i was like oh my gosh like i felt like a dork you know (laughs) (laughs) like i should have just kept quiet but but you know 
like, you know what, uh, you know, that looks fun. Elena started that because she just wanted to share videos with her family. And mm-hmm. it's always fun to learn a new skill. And we didn't know anything about video production or, or creating content, making a story and, and sharing it with people. And plus we were doing this stuff and everybody was always asking us questions and wanted to know what it was like. And, you know, it was a, just a great way to connect with home and to share sort of like, mm-hmm. we're very, I think fortunate. We worked hard for this, but we're fortunate to be able to, to have this lifestyle and yeah. You know, why not share it? Yeah. And if it makes a little bit of money on the side, that's just an added bonus. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it, it's been really fun. It's taken off. Nicole um, does most of the editing now, but we both should. Did you want to talk? I'm sorry. You're on a roll. <laughs> our standard. You're on a our roll. Standard, Keep going. Our standard MO here. <laughs> I've got a lot more experience talking. But the, uh, it, it just sort of started from there. And it, and, uh, and it, through the middle, it was sort of your typical sailing channel where we sort of shared what it's like to be on a boat and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then over time, it's grown. And now it's more kind of almost more like art pieces. It's sort of like what we, 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 we have an emotional connection to that, that we hope creates some sort of thought or reaction. So some of them will be just look how beautiful the diving is. Some of them might be look at this, this crazy situation or, or, maybe some contrast of you and know it's, it, they're pieces that we want to hold on to forever yeah and be able to look back on and we did for a long time we we were shooting what our lifestyle was like and and people got to know us and our personalities and and our way of life and then just maybe like last year a year and a half ago it kind of shifted for me and I was like I'm kind of bored filming that. I I want to go film what interests me, like with the whales and when we came across the dead whale and the locals and fishing or free diving. And, and I was mm-hmm. really into filming what was around us, not just us yeah. and um, kind of create those, those memories. And I don't know. And share them. And share them. I mean, my parents, my parents love them. Every time we put something out, <laughs> oh my gosh. So, and that just makes it so worthwhile. Yeah. People way more enjoy like a video that Nicole makes of some beautiful atoll and the whales and dolphins than one of me, you know, vacuuming my pubes up or whatever, like in one of our older episodes, <laughs> you know, we're just kind of, you probably haven't seen that one. So they're like, what are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't, we haven't seen that. No. No, uh, it's, it's kind of an escape. Um, having all the, there's a, a, there are a lot of different sailing youtubers out there and it is just they're also different as well and it's just kind of an escape for people our land you know us land based people it's it's a a great view on something that yeah is out there well there's people in the uk who never go to this coast they live you know probably the furthest points away from the the sea and not just in the uk but you know across europe and and in, in america um you know who never see the sea so that must be amazing for them and to have the telly on in the background and seeing all these things that you're showing people uh you know these animals exist the 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 waters the crystal clear and the sun you know it's that's got to make people's day seeing that you know i hope so i try to we try to be like very much ourselves in these in these episodes Mm -hmm. i think a lot of the sailing channels make the mistake of trying to be a sailing channel. You know, they follow sort of the vagabond model or the Delos model, which are some other, other channels. And, you know, we kind of got into that trap a little bit, you know, the drone footage to start with, and then the little opening intro. And then here we are and look at this big drama, you know, there's a storm coming. What are we going to do? And it's just like a little, 
you know, rain thing. We, we didn't, we didn't want to do any of that. We wanted to be kind of true to ourselves, um, maybe too much true to ourselves, you know? And so, so we're kind of irreverent and, and we, we show the stuff like Nicole said that really interests us and we go deep into those areas. And yeah. so we'll make like instructional, uh, you know, I have the safety and rescue background. I'm a professional captain prior to this. And so we'll, we'll incorporate a lot of that if that's what interests us or, we'll go to areas where a lot of the sort of normal sailing channels don't go because simply they can't upload their videos. So mm-hmm. the channels that, you know, do the weekly or the monthly or whatever, to, we, we tend to, we'll go we sometimes. We might disappear for a couple months because there is no internet. And if there yeah. is, it's like, it, what was it? E something? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, I saw it and I was you'll like, You'll open what your is emails this? in the morning and then by the noon, like, maybe. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know? like really slow. But we might be in that area for three months. Yeah. And we'll go. We'll, nobody hears from us for a little while and then all of a sudden we reappear again hi yeah. we're back i guess my point is is that i don't really consider us a sailing channel anymore mm-hmm. i think we're more like an adventure channel and and we're also we're we're you you know i mean it, it's not like we're some you know i've got okay i've got some background and training and and nicole does as well and we're fit and we're fortunate and this sort of thing but it's not like, like, you know, we've spent years in some merchant academy to learn how to build boats from, you know, that, yeah. like really, if you have the desire to do this, you can do this, you know? And, and I, and I hope to, to sort of, you know, I, I make dumb jokes and I drop things and I wear reading glasses now and all the rest, but yet we can go dive with sharks any moment that we want to, or, or, you know, we, we can be out of sight of land in a few hours, you know, yeah. and, and sort of yeah. what we try to convey with our, with our videos. Yeah. And another thing that obviously um, our audience, um, we haven't made them aware of, you do have a condition um, to do with your muscles, don't you? But, you know, that doesn't seem to impact too much on your diving. Oh, it hugely impacts my diving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you just can't tell, Ryan. Uh, um, I mean, yeah. you say, but every few months, there's some muscles that disappear. Mm. And it's kind of like having to almost re not necessarily relearn, it's but totally relearning. Okay. So now this muscle's disappeared and I depended on this muscle for this type of movement. Okay. So now how am I going to do this movement without this muscle there? And so it's, it is kind of like coming up with new ways every few months. Yeah. I have, I have what's called FSH muscular dystrophy. It's a genetic disease that starts in your young adulthood. I didn't know about it when I was first certified, actually. I got, I got diagnosed after I was an instructor. Mm. And, and what it does is it causes muscles throughout my body to weaken in stages. So it's different for everybody, but some people by my age are already using a wheelchair and they, they have no ability to even smile or do facial expressions. Mm. I used to compete in Paralympic sport and I was, I was considered one of the more disabled athletes because of how all over my body I'm affected. So rather than like missing part of one arm, but everything else is strong and capable, I'm missing um, varying amounts all throughout my body, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and, and the cumulative impact of that can be significant if you don't learn how to adjust. So Nicole's talking about how, you know, even throughout this voyage, I've lost a lot of strength in different areas, significant amount to the point where it's hard to walk now, even. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I get up every morning and, and I spend, anywhere from five minutes to half an hour walking laps around the boat and like yeah. stepping over things and yeah. learning how to balance with, with the new muscles I have to use. But yeah. picture like if you went through your basic open water training and you learn how to, you know, find your regulator when you drop it and clear your mask, but then suddenly now your regulator is on the other side or your tank yeah. is mounted, whatever. It's just some different thing. And I just have to yeah. relearn how to use 
yeah. you know, the, the new equipment. So, yeah. But that must be inspirational to people that view you on your YouTube channel as well, because, you know, you are adapting and, you know, you're not, you're not land-based and you're still on a yacht, you know, or sailing boat and you're, yeah, sort of coping. That's great. I hope so. A lot of people mm. don't know. Like I put up a video a couple of days ago just for fun. I tied my hands behind my back and tied my feet together. Sure. And then you saw that. Was, yeah. yeah. And then went and swam around for like 10 minutes or 15 minutes or something. But that must have been crazy to jump in with your hands tied and your feet tied like that. No mask. And it was blowing 15 knots. So the, there was a lot That's of chop mad. on the water. I didn't think about it <laughs> first. Um, you know, and it was fun. You know, I was swimming around and stuff. But like some of the comments were like, you know, why didn't you? do it this way and my and i'm like i can't do it like they didn't know you know that i had <laughs> you know like like if you look at the first scene of the of the you can see how skinny my arm is it's like skinnier than my wrist my bicep and my mm. shoulders forward and my shoulder blades stick out and all this stuff you know mm. um I, I, am i breaking up sorry it said the internet connection was unstable you did just for a second that's fine yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. yeah but with so, people with similar conditions you know that's obviously kind of more hopefully an inspiration that you know you can sort of adapt and you know live a normal life yeah i hope so but i mean i think it's really you know for me it's probably similar to you guys like you guys are doing crossfit right so you've got this strong functional strength like base that you're starting with and that makes it um so that when you're moving gear around like carrying tanks or even driving a long distance and then suddenly diving and then driving another or whatever it is, yeah. or after a dive, like your recovery is so much quicker, it's faster. Mm -hmm. Or if you're on a dive and it becomes a little bit arduous, you don't get as winded. So you're not closer to the sort of red line mm -hmm. edge. And it's kind of the same for me. So, you know, you have your baseline level, but I have to spend an inordinate amount of time um, training and preparing. So we, you know, we PT regularly every day. There's at least an hour of yoga and stretching and physical mm -hmm. therapy and um, minimum an hour. And, and, yeah. you know, we do swim workouts multiple times per week, three to four times a week, sometimes uh, walking around the boat. I can't really do any strength training, but I'll do sort of body conditioning stuff yeah. to yeah. get, to, you know, and, and if I do all that, plus we, there's another video we put up recently where um, we realized I can't get back into the dinghy by with fins on. I can, but if I lose my fins, that's coming up soon on YouTube. Oh, it's not out yet. Not that's on right. YouTube. We're working on, I'm working on that. Okay. But on, <laughs> there's a little glimpse of it on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. So we had to figure out, I had to modify, I had to figure out a little sling. I could, you know, not just for me, but if something were to happen to Nicole, I have to be able to get into the boat and then recover Nicole. So we, we figured out a technique where I can pull Nicole unconscious. I can, you know, do a standard rescue ditch her here and then get her into the boat. Uh, even, even despite the fact that I couldn't ever lift her into the boat normally, yeah. you know, and vice versa. I'm doing it also. She had to get me into the boat. If <laughs> I'm on 12 tries, but <laughs> finally figured out the technique on how to do it. <laughs> so we do a lot of that sort of training. It's so good to hear that um, you're so focused as well on, you know, safety like that, because you mm. are, you know, uh, miles from anywhere, miles from anyone. And, um, you know, I, I could quite imagine that some people may not be so focused and may take their well-being a lot more for granted and make than what they should, where with where you are, you, you're not. In your, Your episodes recently... 
Oh, I'm sorry. I talked over you. You froze for a sec. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I think mm -hmm. it's one of something one of your guests said on another episode recently is sort of, you don't know what you don't know, some people, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, uh, and it's kind of like, I think it was one of your episodes. But the point is, is that a lot of people, uh, they have some level of training, maybe advanced or something. And they're like, I'm advanced, but, but they haven't yet either had a bad situation or been trained up on what bad situations can happen. And they go, Oh my gosh, wow. And, and frankly, I think, uh, you know, while it's not likely that a bad situation will happen, if you do some basic level of preparation, um, it's much more likely than it is if you're not prepared. And certainly the consequences are way greater out here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some dive resort. So we train regular lots of bailouts off the back of the boat, lots of buoyancy drills. Our gear is um, constantly. We're trying to get as streamlined as possible for intent. Um, I carry an oxygen analyzer and a carbon monoxide meter, and you know, so we're checking our air regularly. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, we're we're extremely anal with gear maintenance. Um, That's good. Have to be. You know, I think it's, it's, and it's more fun that way. And yeah. like, you know, with the fitness and with the training and all this other stuff, your threshold for before you become over task loaded is so much, you have this giant like range of stuff you can handle. So instead of like, Oh, wow, that was kind of, it's more like, Oh, wow. Awesome. And you just deal with stuff and you keep going and then you recover more quickly. And, you know, and, and it's just, I wish, I just wish like, if there's one message I could convey, you know, like in terms of diving, it would be, it's well, we'll worth come it. to that. We'll come to that. Babe. Okay. Okay. Hold okay. That <laughs> you're, you're jumping ahead. Now hold that thought. One question before we do get to the question. Who does the video editing then with you guys then? Do you take turns or? Me. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Do you, how, how are you finding that? I, I, Depends on the content, but for the most part, I, I really love the creativity and it, um, and I take my time with it and it, it takes me a while, but I, I really invest a lot into it and, um, and I, I really enjoy it. I also enjoy the, the challenge, especially if I have a piece that I'm trying to spruce up a little bit and you have to get creative to figure out, okay, how am I going to do that? to capture how am i going to hook the audience first and so you know you get that storytelling going yeah. what system do you use what what system do you find the best for that uh do you mean what program do we use for editing yeah, yeah. uh we use final cut pro and that's all i've used that's all we've had that's all i know mm -hmm. sometimes too we use that more in the beginning yeah <clears throat> yeah i i do some of the editing too i learned first and then taught her and then she took over and just absolutely so he got he does the like final checks or if i'm having trouble kind of telling the story with one i'll have him look at it this is what i have so far i need suggestions i and... do the coloring a lot too yeah i guess it's a team effort but nicole does 99 percent of it she does the stripping it out and the the scrubbing the footage and, and all of that and you do most of the shooting now too i do the drone and i do some of the land stuff i'm the, I'm the talent and you're a dive master right yep i have a question for you this is something that just came up today actually and you just reminded me of this and i'd love to hear your take on it especially right okay we're so thoughtful about this sort of stuff we have an idea for for a, a sort of a practice skill that we want to do it's a modification of a common you know bailout drill right where you take off all of your equipment you turn yeah. off your air hold your weights, your mask, everything. And then you jump into the water without a breath because you need to descend, right? You descend down to 10 meters or so, and then turn your air on and, and in a very controlled way, put all of your equipment back on. Right. So that's your standard bailout. 
Um, and we've done them blindfolded, obviously, because if you do it blindfolded, you sort of get the tactile awareness and stuff. Yeah. I want to try, and I'm curious what you think about this. I want to try blindfolded dizzy bailouts. So I want to get ready, spin around 10 or 15 times really fast, then blindfold, jump in and do the bailout in open water. Um, to sort of get you used to using a purely tactile sense, not relying necessarily on orientation to sort of prepare you so that you know that you can handle like a vertigo situation or twirly bends or something like that. And because it seems like a fun challenge with um, proper safety divers and all the rest, of course. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm a bit of a believer in mm-hmm. why make your life more complicated than it needs to be. Um, <laughs> if there's a risk and you really think, that's something to practice then i guess if you're in shallow waters and you know you both know what's what's going on then fine i guess um it's not something yeah, well, it's not, the that's practical, not something i'd want to practice myself to be honest um yeah, well, the practical correlation was was vertigo frankly yeah. um, I, I pictured or like twirly bends if you have like a a, a barrel trauma to one of your ears and mm. and become disorientated extremely disorientated um or sometimes the chance of getting it for real and then you're you're in a remote place when right. we've already spoke about you know being safe and things when you're right. kind of putting yourself at risk for the sake of it well it's it's controlled risk because it's a it's it's not open water like uh, you know it's it's a sandy bottom at the anchorage the, all the, the boats here with all of our i'm not sure i would do it personally i understand yeah uh, on just purely uh, of the case that that could be the time that actually happens real and then you're in the muddle so yeah. no, i probably wouldn't personally um just for that you know plus you've always got to think about these little bubbles and you know if you had a dive beforehand you know mm-hmm. have you got rid of it all before you know, yeah, uh, no, this would be for sure cleared hundred percent. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I would, I should have prefaced this with, yes, we're talking about with a safety diver that's trained and prepared who you've worked with and knows you. I think under the right circumstances. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The idea is to create task Where loading. You are, I'll be thinking, no, no, not really. It's like, um, I know some people go for, uh, you know, on a liverboard, they'll go for a dive. Then later on, they'll go to the top of the liverboard and jump off. You know, and that, although on the face of it, it is, you know, safe to do and many people do it and never have a problem. But that can be, that impact be the thing that jolt a little air bubble that's in your system to cause a problem somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you're, not, you're not at home, you're in a remote place or you're abroad and then there's problems. So... Some things just don't need to be done. I'm not sure. So that's 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 my opinion. So, uh, I appreciate that. And I, I I love, that's one of the things that's always so much fun for me in diving is that so many people have such varied, uh, you know, experiences and, and perspectives and it all comes together. And oh, definitely I'm diving. It's like adventure thing that we do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, for sure, 100%, I'm going to do a dizzy bailout, but I'm going to do it now. Yeah, with, be careful. Exactly. Like you've sort of reinforced that the level of control that that needs to be undertaken to do this yeah. is and that there there is risk this is it, it is it's not worth doing just for thrills like for me the benefit i find from this sort of training and it comes it's sort of crossover from training i've had in emergency services and stuff is that 
it, it conditions me not just for the task itself, but also for the task loading, the, mm-hmm. the, um, you know, the unexpected sort of having to do something in an unfamiliar way and knowing that I can't. So it's a little bit of a confidence boost for me. Sometimes just doing a ditch and dawn, I try to do those way more regularly than, than I think an average scuba diver needs to necessarily, because as I lose muscle, I have to make sure I can still do those tasks. Yeah, of course. Uh, and if not, figure out a new way to do it. So um, can I probably just, uh, little... can I check with you? You know, are you diving with a dive computer? You know, do or do you use tables? Oh God, <laughs> yeah, fans. You, you do. You dive with a computer. Oh, a Tarek, a Shearwater yeah. Tarek. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool, nice. I like them. Shearwater yeah. Tarek. Yeah. Nice. Yes, because you know uh, Gabrielle, don't you? Yeah, I know him not yeah. well, but um, I wrote some stuff for their website and. And uh, so, yeah, it was great. I listened to that interview and, and I didn't know some of those things about him. The guy's so humble. It's, and you did a great job pulling stories out of him. I appreciate it. He was that a really one. nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've been, yeah, really uh, supportive of us, which is great. Yeah, and amazing computers. I, I think, I mean, h- how important are computers, you know? Yeah. And, and especially one that's easy to use and reliable and, uh, you know, fun, frankly. You know, it's kind of, it's neat having this computer. This is sort of totally irrelevant, but I like having a computer that could basically be used to dive the Britannia or something, but yeah. you know, on some crazy trimix, but I'm just using it to free dive to like 10 meters, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Or whatever. yeah, that's exactly. And, you know, just going back to your previous conversation, we've had other guests, you know, just saying about practicing skills over and over. You just can never be complacent and, you know, lots have given us advice to say, always get in the water and practice at least one skill. So, you know, what you're saying, you know, you sound like you're super practicing, you know, everything continually, which, you know, just hones you to be, you know, a fab diver and a safe diver. Much to Nicole's chagrin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Can we just look at pretty fish? I'm like, no, come on, let's, let's blindfold ourselves and do a shared air thing where, you know, we're like at night around a course that we mark. She's like, why? And I'm like, Cause it sounds like really hard and it'd be fun. And afterwards we'll be like even better divers, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's whatever level of dive you are new or advanced and you know, it's something that has to be part of the dive or yeah. diving. Yeah. All the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's diving. It's still, I mean, even if you're underwater, like taking gear on and off, it's, it's fun. Even if you're just sitting there staring at a rock, you know I mean? It's fun. Like it's just fun, you know? So like floating around and doing tricks. And I mean, like I can't run anymore on land uh, at all. I, I used to do triathlons uh, semi-professionally kind of, and, and uh-huh. I can't even run. I can run like eight seconds. I think I trained for a month or two or a month it was. And then after that, I was able to run about eight seconds. And um, so, but I can put on like an, a ridiculous amount of weight and in relatively shallow water and, and kind of run, yeah. you know, which is really, really cool. Yeah, which probably makes you, you it it makes you stronger, you know, with the condition you have. And yeah, you're probably in a much better place than you would be on land (laughs) because you've got this kind of watery environment to, yeah, assist with you. I'm way, 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 way better in water than I am on land. On land, I'm an awkward, I'm like, like a seal or something that kind of flops around and stuff. (laughs) You're very fluid in the water. Yeah, in the water, like I'm, I'm at home. Uh, It's near the strength. So like if we go swim together. I'll wear fins, uh, like, like lifeguard fins. And then, and, um, Nicole will wear like a loose t-shirt and drag a buoy and have ropes, like, and all these things to try to slow her down. And she'll still swim away from me easily, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, no, that's that's been good. So you obviously know that we ask all our guests questions, a, a number of set questions at the end of the podcast. So we'll move on to those now. So if you could take three people diving or free diving, um, they can be past, present, they can be famous, family, friends. Who would you take and why? Aside from you two, right? yes thank you anyway (laughs) i i gave that one some thought and i think that i love to take one of my closest girlfriends my two nieces they've never done that they especially they don't really have much of appreciation for um, what's in the ocean and Mm. i would love to just open their eyes and show them what's out there and maybe change their perspectives on some things so that would have to we'd have to sober them up first no that would be my 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 thing yeah they're 19 so they're like you know party <laughs> yeah, yeah little... so it would it would be nice for that generation to introduce them and show them what is out there and what to appreciate and and how to take care of it yeah and that's another thing part of the podcast is to try and encourage younger people to try diving because there is this lack of enthusiastic young divers isn't there yeah yeah it's unfortunate there's there's a lot of a, a tremendous amount of interest in free diving out here amongst mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, just not a lot of tanks for sure. What about um, you? Okay. So we have a boat full of women. So I'll balance it out with some men. Okay. <laughs> um, for me, it would be uh, first and foremost, um, Duke Hanamoku. Are you guys familiar with who he is? Probably not out there. He's a Hawaiian who lived, uh, his heyday was like the twenties and thirties. He was an Olympic swimmer, but he's from the North shore of Oahu in Hawaii. And he was a surfer. He was a beach boy, uh, which meant back then is when tourists would come he and the other beach boys would take the tourists out, mostly the female tourists, and they would take them surfing on these giant wooden planks, you know, and sort of, uh, and, and live sort of a very natural lifestyle by the sea. They would, they would, you know, fish for their food and then they would paddle for exercise and live under the stars, you know? And when he became a, he was a really natural waterman, obviously from all of this and just physically a big guy. So he's a good swimmer. And ultimately that's what led him to be an Olympian. And he actually medaled in some of the Olympics Uh, But when he was traveling around doing these swimming exhibitions and competing, he would oftentimes, if there was an area that had waves, he tree and make a surfboard and demonstrate surfing. And that ended up seeding surfing in many of these different places around the world, Australia, um, parts of California, for example. And he became known as the father of modern surfing. And he is sort of known for bringing Hawaiian aloha spirit, this sharing sort of love of the ocean and love, love of sport and love of nature. Uh, through surfing, especially, and swimming to people. And I think that if he could dive, it would have been amazing to see if him bring that same thing to, to people through diving. Yeah. So that's, that's my first guy. And then the second one would be uh, Charles Darwin. No. Because, you know, just I, so much of, of the stuff I studied when I was at university, especially going through the research program, all of it traces its lineage, especially in behavioralism and, and obviously evolution right back to that. And imagine you know, and could get underneath and, and it didn't just stop at the lizards, you know, and the finches and stuff, but it went to like, I think that, 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 that it would, a lot of people see underwater world as a different world um, from the land. And you hear people even who are experienced divers talk about that. Oh, you enter this other world and it's not, it's all the same world. It's just a different part of that world. And I think, I think he would have done a great job at, at, at making that connection. Yeah. And, uh, and your third person. Oh, I gotta do three people. Oh, you, of course. Can it can it be someone who I already died with? <laughs> yeah. No. 
No, one hundred percent of you. No, like legitimate. Like, oh, well, then I include I, you too. I, I, I am a person who likes to dive with a buddy who. Uh, I, I'm not one of those guys who likes to dive with the buddy who just everyone does their own thing and separates and goes off. Like I find I have just as much fun. I see way more stuff. This isn't just an instructor pitch. I genuinely get more out of my dives when I'm doing following sim- similar procedures and similar interests and so forth. And yeah, um, since I basically trained Nicole, <laughs> like she's, I'm like her only dive buddy she's ever had. Like we're very like you've had a few, but we're we're very uh, in sync when we dive. Um, whether it's a deep dive, shallow dive, she's interested in, in improving skills and, and in shooting video. And in she, she is very much um, happy staring at like a turtle that's napping for like 20 minutes, you know? And, and I love that. I love that stuff. So uh, it, it legitimately, not just because I'm on a small boat in the middle of nowhere with you, uh, Nicole would be my, my first person. I know that. And uh, she's not available. I'll call up Duke or Charles and see what's, see what's up. Yeah, that's cool. Brilliant. Good answer. That's cool. So the last question is, um, let's make this a team effort. So you've got a billboard and maybe you could even stick it on the side of your catamaran, but it's going to be a big sign and that's going to be a space for you to put an image, question, photo, whatever you like. That's going to be a message to everybody out there in the, the wider planet. What are you going to put on it and why? My first thought is it. <laughs> I can, seriously I wouldn't do that what would you what would you do Nicole that's a hard one because um I love I love turtles they're my favorite animal and I would love to have like a turtle but then I I it really bothers me to see all the plastic especially plastic bags in the water right. and knowing that turtles will mistakenly eat those or other animals um so it would have to be something that was creative that showed a, a wildlife like a turtle, for example, but with stick and something that would make that connection for people that um, um, my biggest thing is don't try to stay away from using single use plastic, single use plastic bags, um, reuse, reuse or use cloth or anything like that, but no stay balloons. away from those no balloons. Um, so mm-hmm. it would have to be something creative um, expressing that. Yeah, yeah. no it's yeah. message really important. Yeah. It's a yeah. catamaran, so it has two holes. I get to have one too. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, he can have the other side, even though it's supposed to be a joint effort. But it is a joint effort. Yeah, you can have the other side. Yeah. <laughs> I think mine would say this is it. I thought about that this morning, actually, during yoga, um, because that means something different to different people. But it, if nothing else, it starts the conversation and it can be a combination of this is it. You've got one shot. Uh, you know, you can't choose all the things that happen to you, but you get the choice of how you respond to those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, obviously the disability, but even it's like, maybe you don't like your job. Maybe you do like your job, but you know, you're, you're not aware that there's more stuff out there or, yeah. or you're totally content and be, be cool with that. Whatever it is, this is it. This is your shot, but also this is it. This is the only ocean we have. This is the only world. This is the only, uh, you know, this is it. And, and, uh, what we do to it and reverberate through, through history. And, yeah. um, we have, I believe, uh, an obligation to, following the bubbles of our four or four people, you know, uh, and, and, um, preserve and share the, yeah. the stuff that they've made available for us to experience and enjoy. And, um, and it's not just us who are living here. Yeah, that's brilliant. 
Like yeah. very good answers. Yes. Yeah. And I'll make yeah. people think, which is really good because yeah, that's a, it just, yeah. Like you say, it starts conversation off. Are you another A? Can I comment as an A? I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little, <laughs> <in> my <group. laughs> that's fab. Really, really good. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So okay. if um, people want to find out more about you or follow you or find your YouTube channel, where are the best places for them to go? What are your link lines? The, the, the best way to find us is if you just, even just Google to afloat T W O A F L O on Insta, um, to afloat, uh, sailing on YouTube or just search to afloat on YouTube and you'll find us. Um, please, um, if you watch one video and you think that it's really crass or distasteful, uh, switch to another one and you might find it inspirational and informative. <laughs> we have a very wide Each range. Each one is very different. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah. highlight different aspects of our personality. Um, you guys are British, so some of them might appeal more to the Monty Python than to the, uh, you know, the Eddie Murphy or something. <laughs> so, can you just say the name of your YouTube again? It's just that I think that broke up, didn't it, Gemma? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, Two Afloat. If you if you just go on YouTube and you search Two Afloat, T W O A F L O A T, yeah, you'll find it. Two Afloat Sailing, I think, takes you straight to it. Yeah, yeah, and so people can follow you on Instagram as well. Do you have a Facebook or a Twitter account? don't really tweet that often or ever, mm. but yeah, Instagram, Nicole does. I really think our Instagram is, is phenomenal. Uh, it's super fun. And uh, it, it's sort of the, a lot of the best of, of, you know, screen grabs and little yeah. comments and things like that. The YouTube videos, they're fun for a whole different reason. Um, yeah. I don't know. But I, we have two float sailing on Facebook as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll put the links. Yeah, for in the show notes, so everybody can click and yeah, follow you through. Thank you. Thank you. Of course, we're going to be prompt. You know, pimping you guys out pretty hard, or you two out. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to hear from. I'd like. We like to hear from people. Like, tell us if there's something you want to see. Tell me. No, dizzy bailouts are just batshit stupid, or or you know what? That's awesome, or whatever. You know, I mean, like we we love. Uh, there's a number, a pretty big number, and growing of of our of our sort of fans, I guess, that interact with us regularly everywhere from sailing to disability, to water sports, to kiteboarding, to diving. And it's kind of really neat building this community and seeing yeah. people respond to each other and, and the rest. And uh, we encourage that, please. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Let yeah. Likewise. Rest. Yeah. It's, it's just great hearing from the listeners like we heard from you and, you know, that's, you know, really, really good and, you know, look where it leads. So yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you two are awesome. I mean, you, you've motivated us. We're inspired. Like we literally planned out um, today or tomorrow is going to be the beginning of some, the, the dizzy bailout training. I was kind of <laughs> hoping you would go, that sounds brilliant. But now I'm like, oh man, now I have to like really be careful. So thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> All right. You did your job today. You your yeah. We do want to hear from you. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The episode, you might get more hits if it doesn't go well. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, no, but thank you for the the you know the the stuff that just just for bringing scuba inspiration from such a wide range of people to the world and doing it in such well like like just just good vibe way. You you two are like thank the modern. Very much. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, no, we appreciate that. So thank you very much. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah, it's been really fun. Yeah, chatting to you. So, and obviously, you know, keep in touch. And yeah. you know, if there's anything you want us to share, and you know, hopefully, you know, we'll have you back on sometime in the future. And yeah, so it's. it's have just you got any more crazy ideas? Fire them over, <laughs> and I'll try and talk you out of it. <laughs> We're sure to call you. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Should I tell them? Should I tell go. them the one? No. 
Okay, okay. No. There, <laughs> there is one, but it's a surprise. We think it has a lot of potential. Uh, well, you can always message me. It's fine. Work on it, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but thank you very much for all your time. That you, you know, it's been brilliant to uh, meet you and uh, chat to you. It's been brilliant. Yeah, lovely oh, to see the pleasure. Yeah, yeah, and the pictures. So, but yeah, I hope you have a yeah lovely rest of the day. It looks like yeah, a sunny enjoy. one. Thank you. And yeah, for have you, a good uh, night. Have a, yeah, have a, have a peaceful evening. And make yeah, a fire. Thank you very much. See you later. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the podcast. We are not affiliated with any agency or organisation and all opinions expressed in this episode are our own and those of our guests. If you wish to make any comments about this episode, then please do contact us via email or our social media platforms that are listed in the episode show notes. Alternatively, you can send us a message or voice message via WhatsApp on the Big Scuba Bat Phone and the number is plus four four. 7810-005924. We will always respond promptly and thank you once again for downloading this episode.